Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Football enters week seven after a crazy week six. I don't remember a more exciting time in college football than what's happening right now in the past, I would say, couple of years. Texas and Oklahoma came down to the wire, proving me wrong that the Red River rivalry isn't dead and that people actually care. Old Miss and Arkansas came down to the very last play. Kentucky is one of the big surprises in the SEC, if not all of college football, after a week five win against Florida and now over LSU in week six. Unfortunately, is Coach O's time up at LSU? We're going to discuss all of that today on this episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the coach steve show podcast as we go over college football week six then we'll go over my last week's picks and bets then we'll go on to college football week seven 
before we dive in. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, please hit that subscribe button, the like button, leave comments or questions in the description in the comment section below. Um, also go check out the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network at bellyupsports.com. Go subscribe to that YouTube channel and check out their website for all the podcasts and blogs on there. And betting season is in full swing, so all the picks I give you, that's free money. If you use the link in the description below, because we are now partnered and the Bet Up Sports Podcast Network is sponsored with BetUS or BetUs, however you want to say it, to go make your bets. If you use the link in the description below at BetUS-BellyUpSports and use the code JOIN125 with a minimum deposit of $100, you're going to get 125% signing bonus with 100% of that going towards sports betting on the website. And then there's a casino spot on the website. You can go play blackjack, um, online poker, and everything else like that. 25% of that 125% signing bonus is going to go towards the casino betting. So that's free money when you want to make money together. When you want to use the bets and picks I make, go use that link. Use join 125. You got to deposit a minimum of $100. You're going to get 125% sign up bonus, 100% going towards the sports betting site and 25% going towards the casino betting. So let's go do that and let's go make this money. We're diving right in. We had some crazy college football games. We're going to discuss just a couple. One of the big ones, and I said this in my podcast last time, I didn't know if people actually cared about the Red River rivalry anymore with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, You know, they used to hate each other. It used to be this huge rivalry that went on, especially when, I don't know what how well you guys are, but when I was a kid, when I was growing up, this was a huge rivalry. They hate each other. Not saying they like each other now, but they have worked together to get to the to the SEC. So now you come to wonder, are they friends, frenemies, anything like that? The way they're playing, the way everything's going, Texas is kind of improving with a new head coach. Oklahoma is playing in some close games, but they're not quite what they were, but it's Oklahoma. It's a team that I don't know should make the playoffs or not. Um, but this was huge. Oklahoma was down 28 to 7 against Texas. So to be down 28 to 7, to to have the mental toughness, Lincoln Riley able to rally the troops and and to get back uh to playing uh was incredible. Um Oklahoma had to come back and win 58 to 48. They won. They scored 25 huge points in the fourth quarter compared to Texas's seven points. Alex Grinch, the defense coordinator, really helped dialed up at Oklahoma. Um, and then Oklahoma had to really get the run game going. It was just a crazy game. They had to score in the final minutes with a huge breakaway run. Oklahoma really ran the ball well. And it's just it was just a crazy game. But you got to give your hats off to Texas. When you score 48 points, you should win the game. There should be no second-guessing it, but then when your defense gives up 55, that's kind of concerning. Casey Thompson for Texas balled out against Oklahoma. He was 20 of 34 for 388 passing yards. He averaged 11.4 yards of completion and five touchdowns. So people question Sarkeesian, and we're going to see this in long term, but to come in, and now their their schedule isn't the best. They've gone on this run ever since they played Arkansas. But even to score 48 points in your first year to score these type of points and get your quarterback to play well like he was doing when he was at Alabama, you have to give him some credit. Uh, Robinson, uh, uh, the running back, he had a 20 carries for 137 yards. So, I mean, and they have uh, Xavier Worthy, their wide receiver from Texas, balled out 261 receiving yards. So 
Oklahoma really does live by Ben, don't break type defense, but they were breaking, but they also know that their offense is going to step up and make plays when they need to. And they did. Oklahoma will get to the big controversy, or not controversy, but big storylines here that probably everyone's still talking about. Their running back, Kennedy Brooks, he had the breakaway run. He had 25 carries for 217 yards because Oklahoma runs the air raid, but they've adapted the air raid. You see a lot of zone, you see a lot of GT, and you'll still see some power read stuff, but you see a lot of GT, you see a lot of zone, you see dart. They pull the tackles. You'll see all that type of stuff. They still run the football, but run air raid concepts and different things off of that. So for for Brooks to have 217 rush yards, Texas defense just didn't step up and near the end of the game. When they went up 28-7, I think they just kind of relaxed, thinking that their offense would continue to score points. Oh, we we're up enough to where we're going to win. And most likely, or most of the time, that is true. But you can't give up 217 rush yards to one person. Um, now, they had two quarterbacks play for Oklahoma, which we'll get to. Spencer Radler was 8-15 to for 111 yards and an interception. Then Caleb Williams comes into the game after they bench Spencer Radler. And Caleb Williams came in and just completely balled out. He had he was 16 of 25 for 212 yards. He averaged 8.5 yards completion and two touchdowns. He came in and really led a spark. Andy Brooks led a spark for them. Um, Spencer Rattler did turn the ball over a lot. He had a fumble and an interception and just was not playing well. But the the big thing was the final. You know, they Oklahoma really had to battle. And they really and and then that fourth quarter was huge. They scored twenty five in the fourth quarter. It's just crazy, you know. They were down because Texas came all the way down, tied the game forty eight forty eight with a field goal, and they had to march six plays and sixty yards at the minute twenty three mark. So at the minute twenty three mark, Oklahoma's thinking we're going to march down and try to kick a field goal. Texas defense is thinking we got to stop them. Candy Brooks breaks a thirty three yard run. For a touchdown. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, the, Texas was down 48 41. Texas had to come down with a minute and 23 seconds left. They score a touchdown from a pass to, uh, to Worthy from Casey, and they tie it 48 48. And then all of a sudden, Candy Brooks breaks away on his 33 yard run to score with three seconds left. Six plays, 75 yards. 33 of those yards coming off of one run. That's just crazy for Oklahoma. See, the big question mark for Lincoln Riley has always been, is he actually a quarterback coach? Is he actually – we all know he's kind of this offensive guru master. You know, he coached under Mike Leach. He did good offense at East Carolina. Came in and was the offense coordinator at Oklahoma before he became the head coach. One of the things on him is, is he actually a good quarterback coach? Is he actually doing these things? Because he's had transfers. He's had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, um, Hurts coming in from Alabama. And so the question has always been, is he actually a good quarterback coach? Is he actually this guru? Then you have Spencer Radler playing last year, so now it's your chance to kind of prove to us if you are a offensive guru, this quarterback um, master, I would I should say. And Spencer Radler did play very well. He came into the year playing Heisman Trophy candidate. Well, then his his stats have kind of gone down. And then he gets benched during this game. And so that was one of the big storylines for this was when he was benched. Um, And Lincoln Riley said it really had a lot to do with turnovers. It was coming off of, you know, 
the type of play that was going on? Is he not reading the field right and all that stuff? And this has happened before. He was benched last year, and then after he was benched last year, um, he came back in and, and played pretty well. Um, but that was probably the biggest storyline, and they said it had a lot to do with turnovers. Um, it was, you know, if you look at any reports, as the poor play by Radler for the second second straight year was benched in the Red River Showdown. Um, but he ended up coming back into the game. They benched him, bring him back to try to see if that clicked, and it did work, but this time he did not. So it has to make you wonder, has this always been in the back of his mind? If he doesn't play well, we have this Williams kid who is going to play pretty well. That's a big question mark. But one of the things is you have to, if a kid is struggling and you know you have a quarterback as your backup that can come in and play, you kind of have to maybe go with that. Or when you do switch, maybe that's what Lincoln Riley was trying to do. Like, okay, this worked last time. Let's bench him again and we'll bring him back in. But when you bring in Williams and he starts to play well, you know, and he has a hot hand because when they did it last year, the, the kid they brought in did not play very well. Spencer Rattler comes back in, and then it's kind of clicked like, oh, my job can be taken away at any moment. Yeah, I mean, when a kid has a hot hand, you got to keep him there. Um, Spencer Rattler this year, he has 1,371 passing yards. It's 38th in college football, 10 touchdowns, 37 NFL football or college football. Five interceptions. His QBR is 71.9, which is 31st. His Heisman Trophy candidacy has dropped. He was like this runaway favorite, and now he's not. For me personally, you always hear about Spencer Radler and there's reports of it's him, 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 him. And then there's times you see where he's about the team. He's pumping people up. But reports before had come out and said that usually stuff is about him. Um, one thing that really does concern me is after they won the game, you see Spencer Radler walking off the field. He's, everybody's celebrating. He walks off now. That could be taken two different ways. The one way, obviously, which we all are probably thinking is that's a selfish person of you shouldn't care more about the win than what is happening with you. And if you're mad about being benched, you show up in practice, you earn it back, you earn the coach's trust back. That's, you know, but that's kind of like, well, he's more worried about himself. That's a selfish thing. He's not worried about the team. Another way you can look at it is, is he's that competitive. And yes, he probably deeply cares about the win for his team. But then at the same time, he's very competitive, so he's very mad at himself. He's mad at the situation. He needs to walk off. He doesn't want to be fake in front of his teammates. So that's something that you have to consider when this is going on. But it's never easy to bench a guy who in 2020 had 3,031 passing yards, seven interceptions, and 20 touchdowns. But I think that's where the concerning part is. You take a season in 2020, which maybe I can't remember if they played all their games, seven seven interceptions. Well, already in week six, you have five interceptions. And you only have 10 touchdowns compared to 28. Now we're only halfway through the year. He's, he could probably pick it up. But, I mean, maybe that's part of the concerning part for him. For Lincoln Riley, I'm not sure. Um, when you look at the games leading up to this year, I mean, 243 yards, 214 yards, 256 yards, 243 yards, now 111. He's had an interception. Um, these aren't all the games, but, you know, when we're looking at the last five, he's had three touchdowns in a row. He does fumble the ball, and it's – yeah, it's – he says it's that. I, I Part of it, to me, thinks Lincoln Riley kind of knows that this this kid, Caleb Williams, might be better, or he's going to give more for what Lincoln Riley wants in the offense. Maybe he and Spencer don't get along as well, like all that stuff. Um, but what's crazy is Oklahoma's defense had to step up in the second half, which they did. They, they held Texas – 
to only 10 points in the second half. Texas scored 38 points in the first half. Alan Grinch, who started, he's been a couple places. He's defense coordinator for Michael Leach at Washington State. Led They run like that 3-5 type. They kind of run. Um, shout out to Coach Nick Davis, who now is at Ottawa University, NAIA. They run like the speed speed defense, like yeah, and everything. Alan Grinch kind of runs a similar thing. You'll see three down. You'll see four down. Sometimes you might even see two down linemen. Like they run different things. They move at the snap of the ball. They want to get on the D line in the gaps. They want sometimes they can use fast linemen. They want their linebackers to flow. Oklahoma is known for giving up points no matter who is the defensive coordinator. Nick Saban could come in and be the D coordinator. I think they give up points because um, they're kind of more wor- they're the Big Twelve. They're worried about offense, but that defense had to step up. Then the offense had to step up with Williams which was crazy, but the run game to me was the biggest factor for Texas. You give up um, all all that, um, all those uh, rush yards to one person is absolutely crazy um, when we're looking at the stats. But it's also, again, crazy for, you know, the, the Williams kid to come in and score, throw two touchdown passes and 212 yards. But this was just an offensive crazy game with Lincoln Riley, this offensive guru with Sarkeesian, who was always known for offense. Um, just crazy. Turnovers, Oklahoma had two, Texas had one. But 516 yards for Texas, 662 yards for Oklahoma. Oklahoma had the ball more. So as they were trying to come back, they actually held the ball more. They knew if they could score, keep Texas offense off, um, that they would have a good chance to win. So kudos to Oklahoma. I don't know if they're going to have this undefeated season, but if they were going to lose, and we'll check out their schedule, but if they were going to lose, it was going to beat Texas. Now next week they're going to play TCU, which they could lose, and after that they have the string of games that they'll probably win with Kansas, Texas State. Now Baylor will be the trap game. Iowa State's going to be a trap one. Then they got Oklahoma State, who's number 12 in the nation. Oklahoma's had their numbers. Oklahoma State is playing relatively well. But that big storyline – is Spencer Rattler getting benched? Is he going to come back with the attitude of Spencer Rattler, like the way he walked off the field, the way I guess this week has gone? It's not looking good with that type of attitude. And with that type of attitude, is Lincoln Riley going to let him start again? Is he going to let him play? I think I have this conversation of like, hey, you know what? We're going to go with the hot hand of Williams because that's what happened. Maybe. Uh, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. Um, but that was a wild game. The, they proved me wrong. The Red River shootout, the Red River rivalry is still alive, and I guess people still care. I apologize. They still care. Another big game that happened was Arkansas traveled to play Old Miss. Old Miss coming off the big loss to Alabama the week before. Arkansas coming off a loss to Georgia. You know, probably the two best teams there are. Arkansas has been a surprise in the SEC this year with Coach Pittman, who was born to coach Arkansas and born to coach offensive line. They look like a competent team coming into year two under Coach Pittman, coming under year two under Coach Lane Kiffin. People think that uh, Corral, the quarterback for Ole Miss, is going to go high in the NFL draft. They run this high-flying offense, a lot of zone, uh, a lot of wide zone, inside zone, a lot of bash concepts. They'll throw quick games, they'll throw bubbles and all that. Uh, Bryles, offensive coordinator for Arkansas coach under Lane Kiffin while they were at FAU. So they both run very similar offenses. Their defenses do tackle, but they're more predicated to, to score the ball. We can do up-tempo, and when they slow it down, it's not totally slowed down. But this was a – you want to talk about shootout. This one was a shootout. This one was high-flying, very exciting. 
It went down to the wire. Arkansas comes down and scores in the last second of the game. There was one second left, and they scored to bring it up to 52-51. to Arkansas foregoes the decision to kick the field goal to tie it up to take it to overtime, and Coach Women says, uh-uh, we are going for it. We are all in. We are going to go for the win. Uh, they do a rollout pass. Everybody's covered. Um, they get pressure on um, Jefferson, their quarterback, overthrows a guy. Old Miss wins 52-51. to Crazy game. Arkansas was winning the game in the first quarter, 7 to nothing, and then Old Miss's offense woke up, scored 21 in the second, then they scored 10 in the third, 21 in the fourth. Arkansas had 7 in the first, 7 in the second, then scored 17 in the third and 20 in the fourth. This You want to talk about a shootout. This was a crazy shootout with two great head coaches, an offensive mind in Lane Kiffin, an offensive mind in Bryles on the other side. Um, Jefferson for them on Arkansas. Crazy, crazy game. He he was great. 25 of 35, 326 uh, yards, three touchdowns and one interception. Corral on the other side had just a very similar game as well. 14 of 21, 287 yards and two touchdowns. Um, they passed the ball over the place. Old Miss had more balance from two running backs for them. Henry Parrish Jr. had 111 yards. Snoop Connor, which is a great name, had 110 yards rushing. And then their quarterback, even, he had 287 yards. Well, he also rushed the ball 94 yards. And that's the thing with uh, Lane Kiffin's offense is if they get a quarterback that can throw it and run, they're very, very dangerous. If you can't keep him in the pocket, you can't cover people while they're trying to keep him in the pocket, he's going to tear you apart. And you see that when he had 14 completions out of 21 attempts. Arkansas is very similar. Their rushing attempt, Sanders had 139 rushing yards. K.J. KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, who threw for 326 yards, also ran for 85 yards. Uh, Traylon Smith had 85 yards rushing as well. So these are very similar teams, very similar teams, two-year head coaches, similar quarterbacks that can throw it and also run it. They run very similar offenses from working together. This was just a crazy shootout. These two teams are on the rise. They are going to battle with Georgia and Alabama in the, in the years to come, uh, but their defenses are probably not okay giving up 50-some points. But if you're going to give up 50 points to anybody, to Lane Kiffin, it's fine. But that's where our that's where my concerns come in from their defense. I think Arkansas's defense tackles really well. They fly to the ball pretty well. Um, they get a lot of tackles. Uh, Grant Mor- Morgan, he had uh, – 13 tackles, Bumper Pool had 12 tackles. They got um, Hayden Henry uh, at 11, all this. So they tackle pretty well. They had more tackles, I believe, than uh, Old Miss's uh, defense. No, Old Miss's defense had more uh, tackles. They had 112 tackles compared to 85. So they both tackle pretty well. I just think Arkansas's defense is bigger and tougher. But Old Miss running their 3-4-3-5 defense, they are going to give up some of the run game. But they're okay with that because they trust our linebackers. If they can get their defensive line to two-gap and hold on to the guys for dear life and really keep their linebackers free, they are perfectly fine with that. But these two type of teams, are, are they're high-flying. They're making something out of nothing with the with the guys that were recruited there before they got there and Lane Kiffin and Coach Pittman. It was a great game by all. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better game, especially in the SEC. Who knew in the SEC you were going to sit here and say 51-52? Um, just crazy, crazy, crazy. Arkansas actually had more first downs. Uh, they were actually better on third down. They were two for two on fourth down, and Ole Miss was four for five on third or fourth down. Total yards, Arkansas outdid them 60, 676 yards for Arkansas and 611 for Ole Miss. That is crazy. 
That is absolutely insane. Rushing yards, very similar. 350 rush yards for Arkansas compared to 324 for Old Miss. Penalties hurt Old Miss. They had eight penalties for 75 yards. Arkansas did turn the ball over. So if you don't turn the ball over those two times, you might come down and score again and you're not in this situation. Now the the it's flip-flopped. Arkansas did slow it down and had the ball longer for 35 minutes and 35 seconds compared to 24 minutes. Um, Arkansas did have more first downs, 39 to 22. So this game, I just wanted to bring it up. It was a great game by all. I thought Corral played well. I thought Kenderson played well. High-flying receivers making a lot of plays. Their defense um, were getting kind of torched. But again, they kind of those defenses can kind of play a little more. They can take more risks. They can try to press the quarterback more. They'll take more blitzes. They'll take more stunts because they know on the other side, unless they're playing Georgia or Alabama, they know on the other side they have an offense that's going to go down and score. So if you take their defensive coordinators, they know if – you dial up something, you're going to stun and blitz at the same time. You're going to bring five. You're going to bring six just to, to really pressure them. And you give up a big play. You give up this big to get them or whatever. You know on the other side, you have Lane Kiffin and them calling plays on the other side to get your score. You know you have Bryles on the other side with Pittman getting plays with the type of players to march down there. But the crazy thing is for new head coaches to come in with these guys, Coach Pittman has got these guys believing and playing tough and he loves Arkansas. He loves those kids. Lane Kiffin's the same way. Mike Wilbon thinks that he's a clown. No, he has come in. He's got these guys to prove. He has fun. People, I, I kind of made fun of the hold your popcorn through the headset when they're playing Alabama. That's who he is. He would tweet something like that. He would say something like that in there. And it's no disrespect. He has said many times he respects Pittman and Coach Saban and everybody else. He's not the same person he was years and years ago. He was a very, very, very young head coach in the NFL, very young college head coach because he's very smart. He has grown up a lot. That's the type of stuff he's going to say. But that's the type of stuff his players want to hear from him, and he gets them to buy in, to play hard like this. So this type of stuff we're going to deal with. Lane Kiffin is not a clown, but, you know, they've got them playing hard. They've got them bought in. You know, it's fun. This game was fun. We're going to see this for a very long time as long as they're there. We'll get to some about Lane Kiffin here in a minute. But it was a great game. Old Miss comes away 52-51. to 51. So now Old Miss is 4-1. and one. Uh, Arkansas is four and two, one and two in conference. Old Miss is one and one in the conference. The SEC is fun, man. It's just fun. The last game we're going to talk about is Kentucky. Kentucky played old or uh, LSU, and Kentucky comes away with the win, forty-two to twenty-one. Um, Kentucky, outside of Arkansas, is a huge, 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 huge surprise. I think to most, unless you're a true diehard Kentucky fan, they are now six and zero oh and four and zero oh in conference. At the time, they were number 16 in the nation. Who knew that Kentucky would do this in football? Now, their schedule up until the past two weeks has not been the best. They play ULM. They win 45-10. to 10. They play Missouri, who Missouri is struggling big time. That's kind of a big win, 35-28. Chattanooga, 28-23, close game. Then they beat South Carolina, 16-10. to 10. Good, but they got a new head coach. South Carolina's rebuilding. This is kind of where you start to think Kentucky might be real. 20 to 13 went over Florida because Kentucky played tough. They believed, and they take their time on offense to take what the defense is giving them. Then they beat LSU. Now, LSU was struggling, but LSU is a blue blood. That is a blue blood of college football, it's a blue blood of the uh, SEC. Just two years ago, they were the best offense we've ever seen, ever. And they went 42-21. to 21. You know, now LSU's offense, 
if you want to go look at numbers in this game, LSU, their quarterback, Max Johnson, was 22 of 38. His QBR 34.1, which is not good. But he, if you look at it, 261 yards passing, 6.9 yards completion, and he had a touchdown. Rushing for LSU, um, Davis Price, 22 carries for 147 yards. So they rely on one quarter or running back. But here's where it's different. Like in Kentucky, their quarterback was 14 of 17 for 145 yards and three touchdowns. They're looking to run the ball. Chris uh, Rogers Jr. had 16 carries for 147 yards. I'm not going to say his first name, but Smoke, which is an awesome last name, had 104 yards rushing, and Will Livis had 75 yards rushing. So when you and Max Johnson, I guess, had negative 23 rush yards. Their quarterback for LSU. But Kentucky, they're looking to run the ball. If they get the run game going, their defense can come up and hit you. I mean, they had 65 tackles compared to 70 at LSU. But, like, yeah, Max Johnson fumbled the ball. Also, I believe he had – like, he fumbled it. So there's a turnover. So Kentucky is just going to play their game. They're going to play tough defense. They're going to look to run the ball. And when they run the ball, it opens up the pass game for Will Livis to do 14 of 17, QBR of 90, three touchdowns, 145 yards. He averaged 8.5 yards completion. LSU is trying at the beginning of the year. They said they want to try to go back to what they did when Joe Brady was offensive coordinator. But again, it's kind of the same thing with Matt Nagy and the Bears. When you don't have the chef in the kitchen, you're not going to get the same food. So when you're bringing in people that might have worked with Joe Brady, you're working with people that might have been on the staff or whatever, you're looking at this offense, you're not going to get the same result without the chef in the kitchen. So you're not going to sit there and say, we're going to try to run a offense like Joe Brady. You need to do what the players can do. You can come in with an offense and say, here's the ceiling. We kind of want to do the spread. We kind of want to run these pro-style passing and all this and that, and that's great. But if you come in and your guys just can't do it, then what the hell are you trying to do? You're trying to overdo it, kind of like NFL coaches. They don't really – you know, do that in the NFL, they they cater to what they want. So instead of worrying about what you can do, maybe you get back to running the ball more. Maybe it's short passes. Something now I know LSU has had a lot of injuries. You know, LSU's offense just doesn't seem to have a rhythm. They never really get in sync. That's been one of the things all the time. Um, you know, Kentucky ran the ball a lot. Um, LSU, they kind of get drives going and they shoot themselves in the foot while they get a sack. There's a penalty. Um, I, I don't know. They look to pass the ball a lot, but if they can't get that going, then they force the run game when it's not there. Like all this stuff. So it just kind of is like, I don't know what's going on. It doesn't sound like they have a rhythm. Sometimes it doesn't look like they have an identity. They're trying to force that type of thing. Um, what am I trying to? You're, they're trying to do too much. Like with Matt Nagy and the Bears, they hope they get something by like Andy Reid in there. But when you don't have Andy Reid in the kitchen, you're not going to like that type of stuff. So when you when you try to bring things like Joe Brady, I, I said this before. I think Coach O needs to put his fingerprints on this more. He tries to back off and let them do his thing. He's going to coach D line, but he's going to be a part of everything. I think he just needs to put his foot down and say, "Here's what we're going to do on offense. Here's what we're going to do on defense." He is a good coach. There's a reason why he is where he is. There's a reason why places he's been that they win. This is kind of what he needs to do. Now, it's not helping that LSU has had a lot of injuries on the offensive line and in their secondary. Coming into the COVID year, they missed a lot of guys from that championship team. They came in. They had guys there, but they opted out due to COVID. So it's not even that they lost them to graduation or to the NFL. It's because of COVID they didn't want to play. They came in, had a couple injuries. This year, had even more injuries. Um, you know, like the Glenn Logan head injury. Uh, Jay Ward week one, a foot injury. Uh, 
Derek Stanley right before the start of the SEC play. He's surgery. All that type of stuff. So all I like, I'm not even go through all of the injuries. I don't have time to go through all the injuries, but they have injuries on the offensive line. They got injuries in the secondary. They have an inconsistent quarterback. They do have some wide receivers, but it's tough to get wide receivers when they're going to go to Alabama, when they're not going to go to Mississippi State to play in the air raid and all that stuff. So when all that's going on with LSU, it is hard to win. And the big question right now is, is Coach O's time done at LSU? And sadly, I want to say no, because when you look at it, he was interim uh, – in 2016, I believe, he went six and two, not bad. Then he goes nine and four, then then goes ten and three, then they win the championship fifteen and zero, and then in the COVID year they only go five and five. Now, right now they sit at three and three. So at LSU right now he's forty eight seventeen. That's not a bad record. Um, I know he struggles as a head coach at Ole Miss. He did well at USC when he came the interim. Uh. They won the Citrus Bowl, lost the Citrus Bowl, won the Fiesta Bowl. Then they win in their first round of the playoff game, and then they win a championship. So two years removed from a championship, they're talking about firing him. Now, I know he was on the radio show when he talked about this guy, was talking about, like, I don't know, molesting a kid or doing this or doing that, something with blonde, blue eyes, and he said, yeah, there's a there's a hole for people like that. And people took that way out of portion. And people say that he he shouldn't have said all that, whatever. He didn't. I didn't think it was that bad what he said. I'm going to come out and say it right now. What he said was not that bad. It was not that bad. People are just blowing this up because they're 3-3 three and three at the time. They were 3-2. and two. I think it's the way they're losing. Then they, then they threw a big thing of like, come down here with your sissy blue shirt and all that. That's who he is. Let him be who he is. He's not sitting there saying, F you this, F you that. Coach Saban can say that because he wins, but that's who Coach Saban is. Let them be themselves. Don't be like, oh, well, they're losing games and this and that. Let him be who he is. What he said is not that bad. Let's get over it. Move on, blah, blah, blah. I think you people are talking about firing right now. They're not, if they don't fire him right now, they're not going to do it. You're halfway through the year. You're not going to do it next week because next week they play um, and they have another tough game next week. So if you're not going to do it now, don't do it. They're going to play Florida next week. That's a tough game. They just need to have a coming to Jesus moment. They have a tough schedule. They got to play Florida, then Old Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. They're, they may not win another game until they get to ULM. Then they got to play Texas A&M at the end. Now, I'm not saying injuries and stuff is an excuse. They had a decent recruiting class coming in. They were excited about it at the year, but there's just a lot of things going on right now. A lot of injuries are piling up. I know you don't want to make that an excuse. So I guess the one of the questions is, is Coach Ed's time done? At LSU, I'm a big Ed fan. I like him. Um, I want to say no. A lot of people are calling for his job now. If they didn't fire him this week, when this comes out, when this po- as this podcast is recording, and I'm recording on Thursday, October 14th, he has not been fired. There has been no reports of him being fired. Or taught. I mean, it's talked about, but I guess they haven't met. If they're not doing it now, you, you don't want to do it when they lose to Florida, who is number 20 in the nation. Like, you don't want to do it then. Maybe do it at the end of the year if you're going to let him go. But it's just crazy. Two years removed from a championship that was heavily dominated by NFL players and seniors and all that. You lose a lot due to COVID in the COVID year. You kind of brought the team back. You know, you beat Florida and all that type of stuff. Then this year, you know, you lose to UCLA, which is playing a lot better. It's just crazy that you're a year and a half removed from a championship game 
There's a lot of injuries again this year, and they're talking about firing him. And so I don't know. I'm a big Ed guy. I like him. I think that if you're going to fire him, you're going to have to do it at the end of the year and just kind of mutually part ways. Because maybe Ed knows it's kind of done. So at the end of the year, let's see if they can get something. If they fire him later on in the year, I don't know. Maybe you wait till the end and just say, you know, we're, we're moving on, bringing a new guy, whatever. But one report, one thing's bumbling around. I heard on the J-Boy show that Lane Kiffin would be involved in that head coaching gig, which that would be insane to bring Lane Kiffin to LSU. That would be a huge hire. Cristobal from Oregon, I think, might be the better hire. And the only reason why I say that is because I don't know if Lane Kiffin will leave. I think he w- it would be really cool for Lane Kiffin to stay and turn Old Miss into an LSU or an Alabama. I really think that would really help an Old Miss. You can recruit an Old Miss. If he goes to LSU, that would change up it forever. Man, if he went to LSU, that'd be crazy. Um, I kind of want to see it happen, but I'm a big Ed guy. I hope he stays in LSU. I hope they give if, if they give him another year, I think it might be able to turn around. That was supposed to be this year, but a lot's been piled on top of him, and he's had to replace a lot of staff. And so far, I've only seen one person that can really replace a staff, and that's been Nick Saban. All the other coaches like Dabble Sweeney has kept staff, and that's why they've had success. Other guys that lose staff, they kind of get to the middle of the road until they build it back up usually unless they get the, the, the dudes. But a lot has been piled up on Ed. I hope he keeps his job. I don't know if his time's done. I know the seat is on fire right now. Um, but I'm a big Ed guy. I hope he doesn't. But if Lane Kiffin goes to LSU, well, I hope Ed gets a job. If they get rid of him, he gets a job immediately. But Lane Kiffin going to LSU would be crazy. That would change up college football forever, and he could really – he could probably turn that to an Alabama too, but I'd love to see him do it for Old Miss. He's doing well there right now. It'd be nice just to keep him at Old Miss and see what happens there. But yeah, just been craziness in college football. That's crazy. I hope that keeps his job, but it may not be there much longer. To end the show, now with my picks, I usually did like a feel-good lock, upset, and all that. But without Coach West and, and Brad, and shout out to Coach West who had his baby. That's another reason why they haven't been here. I'm just going to pick. There might be a lot of picks I'm going to do. There might be very little picks I'm going to do. So this week, I have about six, seven picks we're going to do. I'm going to tell you if you're going to take over under, who to take plus or minus points, all that type of stuff. These are the bets I'm looking to make. So if you use the code and stuff at the beginning, you can get that done. So last week, if we're going to just go by the four picks I was doing in week six, I went two and two, which was not bad at all. Um, so hopefully you guys made some money on that this week. Some of the games I'm looking at, Arkansas versus Auburn. I'm going to tell you to take Arkansas minus four and a half. Auburn with a new coach, inconsistent play in the past game, inconsistent on the, on the line of scrimmage. Arkansas coming in, actually having a decent offensive line. They're moving the ball. Um, the way their quarterback's playing. Um, I think you got to take Arkansas minus four and a half. I think it's going to be a close game, just like that. I think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be like a seven point win, no matter who wins. But I think Arkansas minus four and a half. UCF will go play Cincinnati. Cincinnati is playing very, very tough right now. But I think with Gus and his offense, and with Gus being a good coach, right now U USF UCF is plus twenty one. I think you take the plus twenty one only because I don't see Cincinnati blowing them out by 28 points, but if it gets to that point, I think UCF can come down and score and get it within there. So if you're looking at that, I think UCF plus 21. Texas A&M will play Missouri. I think Texas A&M, if their offensive line plays the way it did against Alabama, and they're going to run the ball over Missouri, who couldn't stop 
They're going to stop a nosebleed with all their, the tissues in the world. Texas A&M is minus nine. You got to take Texas A&M minus nine. Georgia will play Kentucky. This can go one of two ways. This can be a very, very low scoring affair if Texas or Kentucky actually shows up. This could be a 13 to 10 ball game, but the way Georgia is playing, um, I think this game, you're just going to have to take the over. The over of 44 and a half, I think more than 44 and a half points are going to be scored. Very close. I think it's going to be like 47 points combined. Iowa will go play Purdue. Iowa is on a mission. Um, Purdue is not going to be able to match up Iowa on the line of scrimmage or defense. I think you got to take Iowa minus 11 and a half. They're not going to come in and score 50 points or 60 points, but I think they're going to win by 11 and a half. Alabama goes plays uh, Mississippi State, two of my favorite coaches of all time, Coach Saban and Coach Mike Leach. Um, I'm going to take the over of 57 and a half. If Mississippi State can start to move the ball, Alabama's going to score. I'm sorry, Mississippi State, they're going to score. But if Mississippi State can move the ball, I think we can get it combined over 57 and a half. And then Michigan State does try to play Indiana. Michigan State has a fantastic run game, and if Indiana cannot stop the run game, um, they're going to have a long day. I think Michigan State minus four and a half on that one. So we got seven picks. I think that's where you can go make your money. Go to bet us and all that at the beginning and go make your money. That wraps up another episode of the coach Steve show. Thank you guys so much. Check out the affiliates in the description below. Go like, and subscribe, go follow the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, follow it. and let you know when a new uh, episode comes out. Thank you guys so much. Check out the weekly episodes on the podcast and we'll see you guys next time. This has been another episode of the coach Steve show podcast. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.